On this edition of the Pigpen Podcast, we're going to take a look at the wide receiver position and how the Redskins should address that in free agency. And we're going to do it with a little bit of help from my very good friend, Howie Mandel. Well, a recorded version of my very good friend, Howie Mandel. Still great friends, just the type of friends that uh, we've never actually met and only I know who he is. We might talk about Landon Collins as well. All right, let's do this. This is the Pick Pen Podcast. I am your host, Denton Day, at Denton underscore Day on Twitter. Thanks for listening to the Hogs Haven Podcast Network, keeping the ball rolling here. We did some real good numbers last week. If you missed last week's episode, you can go subscribe to the podcast feed on Apple Podcasts or just go over to hogshaven.com. Check out last week's episode about quarterbacks and how the Redskins should address that situation. I kind of broke down every available option. Well, not every available option. People did point out to me that Jacoby Brissett could be a, a direction that the Redskins move, which I completely forgot about. So kudos to the Hogs Haven fam for pointing that one out. But I discussed all the, the ways the Redskins could handle the quarterback position. So if you missed that, go check that out. Today, we are going to talk all about the wide receiver position. There's a lot of, there's a lot of names available. I don't know if the Redskins, I don't know how they're going to attack this. You know, a couple years ago, The Redskins had arguably one of the best receiving cores in the entire National Football League. With Pierre Garçon, Deshaun Jackson, a healthy Jameson Crowder, and a healthy Jordan Reed, they were competing with the Atlanta Falcons, and the Atlanta Falcons that actually made it to the Super Bowl, so the good Atlanta Falcons, for the the league's top receiving core. Things have changed (laughs) quite a bit since then. The Redskins have shown little desire to pay anyone. They tried the Terrell Pryor thing. That didn't work, and they are... They're struggling a little bit on the wide receiver end. So we're going to talk about how they should attack that. We will talk a little bit about Antonio Brown, and we're going to kind of kick that one uh, to the door. And if we have time, Landon Collins is unlikely to re-sign in New York. So that could be an option. We'll, We'll discuss that a little bit towards the end of today's episode. Like I said at the beginning, if this is your first time listening, connect with me on social media at Dent underscore Day on Twitter. And if you're not already subscribed to the Hogs Haven podcast feed on Apple, go over and do that. It's also on Spotify as well if you're if you're more of a Spotify person. Go over and do that uh, on Apple. You can rate us and review us. Make sure you go ahead and do that. So let's take a look right now at who the Redskins have under contract for this upcoming year at the wide receiver position. So the top guy on the team right now is Paul Richardson. He signed a five-year, $40 million deal last year. The average that he's getting is uh, around $8 million a year. He's getting $7.2 million this year, so the contract, I assume, is a little bit backloaded for the final couple years. He got hurt last year, so he is hopefully going to make a triumphant return, but he still has four years left on that deal. Josh Doxson is under a four-year, $10 million deal. This is his contract year. He's getting $3.19 million this year. He has been to say the least, a bit of an underperformer at this point. He has showed spurts of really good athleticism, some solid route running, and some good hands, and he has also shown much larger spurts of none of that other stuff that I just mentioned. So he is a very interesting character to keep an eye on moving forward. At this point, I would say the Redskins probably aren't going to sign him to an extension at the end of this year, so he may be out the door soon, but a good contract year could fix that, but he is one of the guys under contract right now, and Trey Quinn is under a four-year $2.5 million deal. He's getting around a little over half a million dollars this year. Those are the only three guys with guaranteed money that are currently signed 
to the Redskins. Cam Sims, Robert Davis, Jehua Chesson. I swear I butcher that name every time I try and say it. Those are the other guys that are under contract. I was a big fan of Robert Davis and his performance in the preseason, but he did have a little bit of injuries that he had to battle through. But if he can come out healthy, he could be a really good uh, keep on the roster for the Redskins at a really, really cheap price. So we're going to look at some of the other guys that are available. And we have a, um, a calculated value so to speak. So the Redskins at this point have anywhere really between 15 to $20 million that they can play with in terms of, of open cap space in this free agency market. So some of that is going to go hopefully to a pass rusher or someone in the secondary, maybe another linebacker. So there's going to be money spent on the defensive side, but they should have, if they play their cards right, a little bit of money to play with at the wide receiver Positions. So, because I'm not a huge math major, I went over to Spotrack, Spotrack, the contract website. If you've ever looked at contracts, it's probably the website that you looked at for contracts. I went over there and they have this really cool thing, which is the calculated value for each player that they expect to get during free agency. So, this is not an official number of this is 100% what this person's deal is going to look like, but it's a it's kind of a ballpark estimate of what they think a certain guy could get this free agency market. So the wide receiver position isn't exactly stacked. You could make the argument that it's one of the uh, worst positions, worst classes uh, this year at in free agency. Uh, but there are a couple guys that the Redskins could utilize. Um, so let's uh, we'll get into this. The top guy, according uh, to Spotrack, is going to be Robbie Anderson, who played a couple years with the New York Jets. The estimated value for him is going to be four years at $47 million, so roughly $11.7 million dollars per year. Well, Howie Mandel, what do, what do you think here? Deal or no deal? Probably one of the best four words in television. But Howie, I'm going to say no deal. Oh. I know. I'm going to get in trouble for passing up a deal. My grandma loves watching Deal or No Deal. You never pass up a deal. But I'm going to pass up this deal here. Robbie Anderson, while a very, very good wide receiver, has never had a year with the New York Jets over 1,000 yards. I think at this point, if you're going to take Robbie Anderson, especially under an $11 million uh, per year salary, you want to see a little bit more from him. And at this point, it seems like you're paying him more for the potential that he has rather than proven results. And he has proven to be a, a relatively good deep ball receiver, but he battled some injuries. He had a little bit of legal issues in his time in New York. Nothing incredibly serious, so I'm not going to nitpick on that. Uh, but a couple, uh, he was hurt for a little bit. He had 50 receptions last year uh, for 752 yards and six touchdowns. Probably his best year, despite the fact they didn't play all of the games. And in 2017, uh, 63 receptions for 941 yards and seven touchdowns. Had he played all of the years in 2018, he may have eclipsed those numbers. Uh, but just not a guy that I feel comfortable giving uh, a four-year nearly $50 million contract to. So if Robbie Anderson is the top receiver in this year's class, I think it's safe to say that the Redskins are probably going to pass up on him and start looking elsewhere. The second top guy in this class is one Adam Humphreys, who's played a couple years in Tampa Bay. He is estimated to get $10 million per year at a four-year, $41 million contract. Deal or no deal? Once again, Howie, we are going to slap that little uh, button container down. We are going no deal on this one. Adam Humphreys is a very interesting wide receiver. I think he has potential to be a really, really good number two guy or really good number three guy. You don't pay a number two or number three guy $10 million a year. One thing that I found very, very interesting when looking at his stats and kind of crunching the numbers 
he's had only two games with 100 or more receiving yards. That's not a guy that I would feel comfortable paying $10 million. And the Redskins have kind of gone in that direction before when they paid Josh Morgan. And I don't know how much uh, anyone else advise or remembers about Josh Morgan's tenure here. I don't think we want to go in that direction again. He's remembered, for me at least, for two plays. When he cost us the game against a Jeff Fisher coach Rams team by doing something stupid and throwing the ball at Cortland Finnegan and that really weird fumble play that somehow resulted in a touchdown. That's about all that Josh Morgan has ever really done in D.C. And I don't really know if we want to take that risk again by paying a guy like Adam Humphreys that type of money for a guy that hasn't proven to be a legit number one. Ten million dollars a year is number one wide receiver money. I don't feel comfortable giving that to Adam Humphreys. He did have a pretty solid year last year, 816 yards on 76 receptions and five touchdowns, but not the guy that I would like to sign for $10 million. The third guy on this list, this is a name, probably the most familiar name uh, to the casual football fan. It is Golden Tate, who played half of last year with Philadelphia and the other half with Detroit. He is the oldest of the group at 30 years old, so his contract is going to be a little bit shorter than the other guys. Three years, $30 million, so a bit over $10 million, $10.2 million to be exact, projected average value. Once again, deal or no deal? We are going to decline this deal for Golden Tate. While I do think that he is probably the best overall wide receiver in this class, $10 million is a lot to pay for a guy that didn't have a great year in Philly, and he really only has had uh, three 1,000-yard seasons, and that was with the benefit of having Matt Stafford. I think he may have played a year or two with Calvin Johnson, and Calvin Johnson obviously takes a lot of the focus away. Uh, his best year came in 2014 when he had 1,331 yards on four t- and four touchdowns on 99 receptions. He had another 1,000-yard season in 2016, 1,077 yards with four touchdowns on 91 receptions, and in 2017, 92 receptions for 1,003 yards and five touchdowns. Last year, with the two teams, both Philadelphia and Detroit, he combined for 74 receptions, 795 yards, and four touchdowns. He really likes hovering around that four to five touchdown mark. He's the best blocking receiver or one of the best blocking receivers that we have in the league. He really likes to dig his nose uh, in the run blocking game. But a guy that I just don't think that the Redskins are going to shell out $10 million for, he's on the old side. Eventually, those hamstrings are going to catch up with you. Uh, So as much as I would love to have the Redskins steal an asset from a division rival, I don't think Golden Tate is the guy. Next on the list, a three-year, $28 million, $9.6 million average per season for Tyrell Williams. Deal or no deal? I feel terrible because we're rejecting all these deals, but no, no deal for Tyrell Williams. This is a guy that really hasn't been a number one wide receiver. The year that he had his best season was a year that Keenan Allen was injured. 1,059 yards and seven touchdowns for Tyrell Williams. Really good on the deep ball threat. He's able to break into that second level of the defensive backfield, but I'm not going to pay him $9.6 million a year. That's just not going to happen. They didn't really utilize him great in Los Angeles this past year because the emergence of Mike Williams, and they have a couple really good tight ends over there in Los Angeles. I don't feel comfortable giving this guy $9.6 million a year. That seems like a bit of an overprice. And the Redskins have shown the lack of desire to pay wide receivers that probably aren't going to contribute as soon as possible when they already have a guy like Paul Richardson and Josh Doxson on the roster. So I'm going to say no deal for Tyrell Williams. Next, Devin Funches, four years, $35 million, $8.9 million per year. Deal or no deal? Hell nah. 
Hell no. We don't we don't want any part of Devin Funches. The fact that he could get nearly $9 million a year is complete ludicrous is completely ludicrous. I don't understand who would pay him nearly $9 million a year. I thought that he was going to have a fantastic season last year with Cam Newton. Devin Funches and Cam Newton started the season just kind of clicking, just really, really clicking, and then it all kind of fell apart. The benefit of Devin Funches is he's about 6'4", and the Redskins could utilize some tall wide receivers, but now we have that with Josh Doxson. We have that with Jordan Reed, and Vernon Davis is a bit on the tall side as well. We don't need to just sign guys for the fact that they're tall, I want nothing to do with Devin Funches. That is a big whopping hell to the nah for me. Now this, if you're a big Redskins fan, this is the most familiar name on the entire list. It is Jamison Crowder. He is in, he's up in the contract. He's been hurt the past few years. He's going to get an average, according to Spotrack, of about $8.1 million per year. So a four-year, $32 million contract. Deal or no deal? Out of all the receivers on this list, this is where I would take the deal. Finally, I'm not just sitting here bashing all these wide receivers. I would take the deal on this one. Jamison Crowder is very comfortable in this Jay Gruden offense. And one of the things we've seen over the past few years, specifically with a guy like Terrell Pryor, he's the one that really jumps to mind. It takes a a little bit to get comfortable in the offense. Paul Richardson kind of had the same issue as well. And while Crowder has been injured, and I don't really think that a team is going to pay him $8 million, that seems a bit high based on his injury past. But I like Jamison Crowder with his fit in the offense. I do think when he is healthy, he has the the ability to be a legit number one guy or a really, really good number two guy. And I would like to keep him. He almost had 1,000 yards in 2016. He was on pace until for whatever reason. They just stopped throwing to him late in the season. He had 857 yards then and seven touchdowns. That was one of Kirk Cousins' best years here in D.C., and he was the third option that year. So I like what Jameson Crowder can bring to this team, and hopefully, hopefully the Redskins can talk their way into getting him for a little less than $8 million a year, and they can keep that wide receiver core intact with Paul Richardson, Josh Doxson, and Jameson Crowder, and then you throw in a guy like Trey Quinn and Robert Davis, and that's a pretty good five to have. So if anything, I would like the Redskins to do their best to at least make an offer to Jameson Crowder to keep him. They decided not to do that with Pierre Garçon, and ultimately I do think we paid the price for that a little bit. Now, Pierre Garçon didn't exactly have the best year or hasn't really had the best few years since we let him go, so he may have jumped ahead of the gun there and won that um that lack of deal, I guess we would say. But I would like the Redskins to at least make some sort of effort to try and keep Jamison Crowder at a lower price than $8 million a year. The second and final, so two more guys left on here. This one, uh, Randall Cobb, who is formerly of the Green Bay Packers. Deal or no deal? Hell to the nah. Oh. Just like with Devin Funches, I really thought that Randall Cobb was a lot better than he actually was. And once I pulled up his numbers, whoa, he is not the guy that I thought he was. I thought that he was putting up 2014 numbers close to every year. In 2014, 91 receptions, 1,287 yards, and 12 touchdowns. Those are really, really good numbers. He doesn't put numbers like that up every year. And quite frankly, when the Redskins beat the Packers, he was a very big reason why the Redskins beat the Packers because he kept dropping the ball. And I thank him for his performance on that day. I don't want him to give someone else that performance while wearing our uniform. So no deal on Randall Cobb at $8 million a year. 
that is an overprice. And the final guy on this list is John Brown at 28 years old, a two-year, $12.2 million deal. Deal or no deal? We're going to pass on this one as well. I think Jameson Crowder is the way to go here. John Brown is a really good deep ball receiver, uh, 17 yards per reception this past year, but I don't think that the Redskins have room for him. He's really, really good at running fast in a straight line. I don't think his route tree is good enough to sign him uh, for $6 million a year, so we are going to say no to John Brown. So that is the deal or no deal portion of this week's episode with the wide receiver. Let me know who you guys think we should give a deal to. We're going to take a quick break. On the other side, we are going to address the blonde mustache elephant in the room when it comes to the wide receiver position. Okay, so we talked about the wide receivers in the free agency market. I haven't done enough research yet into the NFL draft, so we are going to save that for another episode as we get closer to the actual date of the NFL draft. But the blonde mustached elephant in the room in terms of the wide receiver position is none other than Antonio Brown. I don't know why he has a blonde mustache. I think it looks very odd, but that's what he does. He is looking to get out of Pittsburgh preferably as fast as he possibly can. He has had a meeting with the owner and said they are amicably ready to part ways, and he is looking to get traded. On the surface, adding a guy like Antonio Brown to the roster would be one of the best things that the Redskins could possibly do, but his personality off of the field and really everything that we have seen him do this offseason, there should be a big asterisk next to his name. This is not a guy that I want on the Redskins roster. He's been very critical of Ben Roethlisberger saying that he has an owner's mentality. And it seems like players are, you know, there's, there's kind of a rocky relationship for the most part between players and owners just based on the kind of the mentality. And that's what he criticized Ben Roethlisberger for. And in fairness, the fact that Ben Roethlisberger thinks that he can openly criticize his teammates in front of the media on a radio show is completely idiotic. And that is what really, I think, led to the big downfall between those two guys. Ben Roethlisberger was dumb for doing that. But I don't think that Antonio Brown is a guy that's going to come in here and fit in this in this organization. If he doesn't like Ben Roethlisberger's owner mentality. What is he going to do when he comes in here and has to meet Bruce Allen? Is that a relationship that's going to work? Probably not. And while Dan Snyder might really get on his good side, that's not a relationship that's going to work in the long term either. It seems like no one really likes Dan Snyder that much, except for Robert Griffin III, and we all kind of know why Robert Griffin III likes Dan Snyder, but no one seems to really enjoy the presence of Dan Snyder, and if Antonio Brown doesn't like Ben Roethlisberger's owner's mentality, a guy that has won multiple Super Bowls, he sure as hell is not going to like Dan Snyder's, who has won nothing, literally nothing, two, three, maybe NFC East championships, that's all that Dan Snyder has accounted for in his time in Washington. I don't think that Antonio Brown is going to come in here and mesh with the locker room. There, are, there seem to be a whole lot of just personality issues with him. He is very much a me-first individual. And that's not really a problem just as, as far as personas go. You know, I, I'm a firm believer. You got to look out for yourself over anything. But in, a, in the terms of a, of a football locker room, a guy that's going to get paid arguably the most on 
the roster. I mean, right now, Alex Smith is the highest paid player on the Redskins. In hindsight, that contract extension looks terrible after we signed him. I understand why they did it, but it has really hurt the Redskins in terms of kind of cap mobility. But he is the highest paid player on this Redskins roster. If you bring Antonio Brown in, he is very, very close to the top of that list behind maybe Trent Williams. I don't have uh, Williams' numbers uh, right in front of me, but he is he's in that conversation with Alex Smith and Trent Williams in terms of the highest paid guys on the roster. Not a good look. It's just really not a good look. The Redskins locker room, as of last year, was already a bit dysfunctional. It doesn't get better when you add Antonio Brown into it. It just doesn't. He's one of the most talented receivers that we've ever seen. He has great footwork out of bounds, and he can run a whole lot of routes, but the personality clash in the locker room, a me-first guy, is not what this team needs. We need team-first guys. In order to be successful, we need team-first guys. That's kind of what we had last year. I thought, for the most part, until it kind of unraveled after Alex Smith got hurt, everyone seemed to have a team-first mentality, and that's why we were at the top of the NFC East. Antonio Brown does nothing to help that, so I don't want him anywhere near this team. Also, I don't really want to give up some assets because you would have to give up a lot of draft picks to get Antonio Brown And I don't really know if that's worth it at this point, because I don't think he'd ever want to sign in Washington long term. So no to Antonio Brown. We do not need him. So please don't get at me on Twitter saying, no, we definitely need Antonio Brown. No, we do not need him. So real quickly, before we wrap up uh, for today, Landon Collins, the New York Giants safety, arguably one of the best safeties in the league, is unlikely to resign in New York. It almost seems like the Giants are kind of going to blow this whole thing up. They kind of started to last year, trading some really, really good defensive players. I thought, for a small second, I thought that they were going to trade Landon Collins last year. They did not. They're going to let him walk basically for nothing. The Redskins have, you could say, two openings now at the safety spot. Because they got rid of DJ Swearinger, still don't understand that, think it was a bad decision, and because HaHa Clinton Dix is unlikely to resign here, which, trust me, that's for the better, They now have an opening at the safety spot. I like Monte Nicholson. He'll probably get one of those jobs. He just needs to not beat people up at one Loudon. And maybe, just maybe, the Redskins can at least look in the direction of Landon Collins. But this is where the Alex Smith contract comes back to hurt you. I understand why they signed him as soon as they traded for him to the extension. They had ju- we had just gotten done with the Kirk Cousins fiasco. I guess technically we were still kind of in the middle of it, but we had just kind of gotten that uh, in our rear view mirror. You sign the quarterback to keep him long-term to avoid that situation happening again. I don't really think Alex Smith would have brought that kind of situation upon us, but they just wanted to get it out the way, sign him to the extension and all is well. It was a smart move then. Hindsight, of course, is 2020. It's a terrible move now because there's a realistic chance Alex Smith may never play again. We've talked about this at length on the last podcast. He might never play again, and he's now the highest paid person on the team. There's a lot of cap mobility restrictions because of the Alex Smith contract, and he's not going to play. A lot of his contract, not all of it, but a lot of it was guaranteed as well. So he is going to get paid a whole lot of money this year, and that's a big cap hit on the Redskins, which kind of makes them not able to sign a guy like Landon Collins or to not look at some of these higher-priced wide receivers like Golden Tate. If the Redskins had a a good amount of cap room, like if if we were playing with 30 to $40 million of cap space, 
I would maybe look at Golden Tate or I would maybe look at a guy like Demarcus Lawrence in the pass rush, which we talked about last week. He's going to get a really big contract if he doesn't get franchised by Dallas, but they don't. They don't have that. So as much as it would be fantastic to take Landon Collins in, I wanted the Redskins to draft him when he was available. He somehow slipped out of the first round and New York was able to trade up and steal him when they did. He has proven to be one of the better safeties in the league, and he is now going to hit the open market with a guy like Earl Thomas, who has also proven to be one of the better safeties in the league. This defensive uh, backfield, the, the corners and the safeties, there's a pretty good class of them this offseason. Not, not, it's not the strongest by any sense of the word. The pass rushing class is still the strongest this free agency, but there's a good amount of safety and corners available, and unfortunately, because the Redskins don't have the cap room, we are very much in a build from the draft mentality, which isn't a terrible mentality, but if you paid very close attention to some of the last skilled position guys on offense and defense that the Redskins have drafted, some of them have not exactly panned out as well as you would have hoped. It would be nice to get a guy like Landon Collins, who has proven ability to make a big difference on defense. That will not be the case. Let's just hope and pray that he doesn't end up signing in Dallas because I just don't want to deal with him two weeks out of the season. So that is going to do it for this episode of the Pigpen Podcast. Thank you all very much for listening. We did really good numbers last week. Hopefully we do really no- good numbers this week and really keep the ball rolling here. Uh, like I said, at didn't underscore day on Twitter, subscribe to the podcast feed on Apple and Spotify if you have not already. And I will see you guys very, very soon.